Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that goes coast to coast and come at you every single week it provides the great fantasy football fantasy sports insight along with real life info and just real talk uh, quite frankly welcome to it thank you for downloading subscribing liking favoriting commenting on the podcast all that stuff uh, believe it or not in the podcast world that helps Really appreciate you guys doing that. Remember, this is an uncensored episode and show. Thus, no sensitive ears. That includes yourself. If you are a functional adult that gets mad and bothered by swear words or political talk or any other kind of stuff. None of nothing said today is going to supposed to offend you. But if you're an easily offended person, not this show for you but uh, thank you nevertheless remember to spread the word tell your friends family relatives league mates about the podcast we want to spread the word again thank you one all for making this show a part of your day my name is Jeff Mans. you will find my work over at fantasyguru.com 2023 fantasy football draft guide is live it's on sale it's still early bird pricing we have a discount code available to podcast listeners radio 20 I have 20% off of that. That's only good for elite seasonal or higher subscriptions. That's the $99 one or higher. So um, there you go. All right. So anyway, we've got a lot to bring you. You also hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I host a show called Elite Sports, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time every weekday afternoon. That show will be changing to 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern in the middle of August, just so you are all aware, you could always catch that on demand with the SXM app, just like you do with this podcast, except they have an app all for it. Actually, this show you could listen to on the app too, I, I do believe. Nevertheless, you follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Also on threads if you are there as well. A lot to talk about this week. Lot going on in the world. Um, where do I start? Well, I think I want to talk running back on the show today. I think it's an important thing in today's environment, today's culture, to nip things in the bud. It's one of my I've made a mission in 2023 that I don't want any of our listeners or subscribers or members or friends, relatives, anybody I care about to let narratives and let public opinion and sentiment distract you from the prize, the goal. Goal is winning a championship. The goal is winning money. Goal is winning fame, fortune, prizes, trophies, belts, whatever it rings, whatever it is. I don't care if it's pride. My job is to provide that for you. And thus, no bullshit. I can't fluff bullshit. I can't spread it. I can't allow it to continue. So every time... I see trends like this happen. I'm going to jump in and attack it. I did it on the SXM show the other day, and I'm going to continue it here on this episode just because I think it's important to talk about running backs. All right, because what happens often is things get perpetrated on social media and you hear from NFL players and then owners and then NFL talking heads and people who just want likes and clicks and 
all that good stuff. And there's no reality. I would love to call our show reality radio or anything like that. Maybe in the future, that's what we do. But I just want to be a real person with y'all. And I think we need to be real with each other and understand what the truth is. And right now, as we talk running backs, and I'll see how long this goes. I'll talk to Andre Hopkins. I'll talk Joe Mixon today as well on this episode. Get into that. Um, obviously, rankings are posted, fantasyguru.com, if you are so inclined to see where I move those guys up. Mixon, I didn't move up. Why would I move him up? I knew he was going to be a starter. I, I There was never a question. Since the draft ended, I knew Joe Mixon was in Cincinnati as their starting running back. And the fact is we got him for a great value. Hopkins, I moved up a little bit. He is going to be sort of the bell cow receiver in Tennessee, and I think it improves the Tennessee Titans offense. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to get to that later, but I want to – my mind is on the running back right now. So just so where I'm coming from as I'm recording this. Earlier this week, in response to Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, Saquon Barkley. Those two running backs are both, they were franchise tendered, meaning they're going to make about $10.1 million on the franchise tag in 2023. Neither one of them like it. Both want long-term deals. I never blame anybody for wanting a deal. I'm always on the side of the worker or the player. Specific, well, I shouldn't say always. I'm always on the side of them when they work and when they produce because – Guys, in life, that's it. I don't know how any of you were brought up. I don't know how any of you live your life, if you're bosses, if you're workers, if you're middle management, whatever. I don't know. But one thing I guarantee you, the moment you give up working, you give up your power. You give up your leverage. The minute you take more vacations or more days off, you want to squeeze in long weekends and leave early on Fridays. Giggle, giggle. Uh, that's great. All of that shit comes back to you. No matter what, it will come back on you. So we have to be careful, right? And that's where I'm at with the running backs. I'm on their side. You want more money. You deserve more money. I agree. Jacobs and Barkley, two top producers, should get a good, healthy, longer-term contract. But we also know and they've known this whole time that running backs at age 28 and above are just not it. When you hit 30, you might as well be 95 years old. They ain't worried about you anymore. All right. They're just not, that's the game. So yeah, I don't blame the players for wanting to get their money, but you have to do all that you can to secure that earlier. So that's where I got a problem. Josh Jacobs had a couple of shit years, good rookie season, shit year, shit year. Great last year. Saquon Barkley had a tremendous rookie year and fucking nothing until last year. So, okay, when I play two out of every four years, you want to only play 65% of snaps while somebody else has to do that job for whatever reason, whether your body hurts, whether you can't handle whatever it is. That's only, you're only going to get that much money. That's the return. That's your usefulness. That's your importance. And none of this running back stuff is is new. None of this, nothing that's happened is new. So what happened is neither team, Raiders or Giants, extended Jacobs or Barkley. They're expecting them to play in the franchise tag. Now, both players have rejected previous contract offers, okay? Both, my understanding is Barkley turned down an offer that would have paid him $12 million a year, and that is more than he would play at now. He likely cost himself. He would love to get that offer back. And after they extended Daniel Jones, that's not going to happen. 
Jacobs uh, essentially turned down an offer that was for less than the franchise tag, but for longer period of time, which I, I get why he did that. He's a little bit younger as well. So anyway, that's where we're at. And now the NFL running backs, Eckler and Najee Harris and all Jonathan Taylor, all the running backs united to support their running back brethren. That's awesome. I love seeing that. But I don't love seeing bullshit and lies. And that's one of the things that was produced this week on social media, that running backs make an average of $1.2 million a year, 1.5, I think they said, while kickers make 2.2. That's just bullshit. And whenever, this is my problem. And it is, I don't know if it's ever cost me. It probably has. But I'm not going to sit back and let somebody lie to my face. Or I'll let them do it. I shouldn't, and I'll just disregard everything they say after that. Their argument becomes bullshit after that because it's a fucking lie. Listen, should running backs be paid more? Yes. Do running backs matter? Yes. And I'll get into the reasons why in a moment. But do they also make $1.5 million a year? No, that's bullshit. You're taking four or five running backs, three of which are playing on the minimum salary for every team, and that's burying the annual average salary. Well, I'm sorry. If you're a fringe NFL player and you're pissed you're not making $2 million a year or more, well, tough shit. So what I did over at fantasyguru.com, draft guide available now, I went through every team and every running back, and I picked out the ones that, or not picked out the ones, I identified one running back as sort of the lead guy as far as salary is concerned. It's, in most cases, that's also going to be their highest snap share running back. In others, were Miami and Chicago and some of these situations that kind of a split duty, I picked out just the, the one that's the primary and makes the most money in, I think, all cases, they make the most money. All right? The most money being made by a running back this season is Christian McCaffrey by the 49ers would make it $12 million a year. Remember, the 49ers totally traded for that. They knew exactly what they were getting. Technically, B. John Robinson gets more, by the way. B. John Robinson is making $5.489 million, but he got the $8 million signing bonus, 8.1. So his total cash is over 13.7. So technically he is the most. Kamara, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Jameer Gibbs. First round running back is the shit, baby. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, eighth. Tony Pollard, ninth. Well, actually Pollard, Barkley, and Jacobs are all on the franchise tag, and they're all ninth highest paid. So, and right after that, 12th highest paid is James Conner at $9.45 million. So that's the highest paid running backs, right? That's a good group. It's a pretty productive group. That's some of the top running backs in the land right now. We'll see what B. John and Jameer Gibbs end up doing. But also when you just take all that, the actual annual salary for the main running back, and mind you, guess what? Damian Pierce makes 895000 Ramondre Stevenson's making 940000 Richard White from the Buccaneers is making 938000 Brian Robinson, 934000 So they're not all making tons of money, but even with those low-ass salaries, the average annual salary is $5.148 million for the running backs. And the kickers, upon 
further check, that's still 2.2. So they were right with the kickers, but they undersold it by, I don't know, five fucking times. You know what I mean? Five times. So that's part of the problem. You know? Uh, So that is that. That's the truth of the matter. That's the reality. And thus, the running backs lose a lot of credibility for me when you start bullshitting. Because here's the deal. And, uh, okay, all this, maybe you care about it, maybe you don't. But you like fantasy football or you like daily fantasy sports and football or you like betting on sports and football. That's likely the reason you're listening to this podcast. So let's dive into this element a little bit, right? Let's really dive in to what's going on in the National Football League. Running backs don't matter. That's the uh, that's what everybody's saying. And by the way, the numbers are backing this up as far as what fantasy players are doing. So I talked about this on the SiriusXM show last week. I think I talked about it on this uh, on last episode 164 as well, but I'll reiterate here. Last season, 2022, we the fantasy football drafting community, we had, we were taking 14 running backs in the top 25 of average draft position in our drafts. That means the first two rounds, we were taking 14 running backs, nine receivers and two tight ends. That's what we were doing a year ago. Okay. This year, it's gone from 14 down to eight running backs. Third. I'm sorry, 14 wide receivers, two quarterbacks, quarterbacks have popped in, and one tight end. So essentially, running backs and receivers have completely flopped. And last year, I talked about it. Stop forcing running backs in. It's fucking amazing to me how one year I'm screaming that we need to stop with the pushing of the running back. The next year, everybody's like, oh, yeah, running backs don't matter. You guys just flip a fucking switch? Did we just all fucking realize this? I started out in fantasy sports in 2005. The ScoutFantasyFootball.com, me and Ted Schuster started. We ran it with our family and friends and our league mates and everything else. All right. And at that point, the one thing I knew is that running backs didn't matter. Not to the level that everybody thought they did. I knew that systems made the back. How many of you have listened to me a long time? read my work, whether it was at Fantasy Alarm or Fantasy Guru or Elite Fantasy or Guru Elite or wherever, right? You've probably heard me say that a million times. Systems matter. Systems, 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 systems. The system creates the back. Folks, this has been true fucking forever. Forever. All those great running backs we think we love, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, They're good. They're great. But the systems is why they produced amazing points. More recently, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, fucking Marshall Falk, fucking Edron James, Priest fucking Holmes and Larry Johnson. All these running backs, Arian Foster, these running backs were never as great as you thought. They, they Now, they are great at doing their job, but their job was made easier by the surrounding elements. The coaches, the system, the offensive line, 
the coverage and the matchups. That's what matters. When it comes to fantasy production or running back production, that always mattered. Now, do running backs make a difference? Absolutely. If it's it's not that you'll get the exact same production out of every guy. Normally, the lead guy will get you a hundred percent of the production. Of course, his backup will get you ninety two percent. The third will get you about eighty six to eighty eight percent. And we're dwindling down, down, down from there. There's drop off, obviously, until you get just pieces of shit that you know won't do much anything. But they'll, you know, that's the sad part. Even the most lame and random running back will get you 70 percent of the production the lead guy was getting, which doesn't sound that bad. But in fantasy, if like it's a monumental fall off, obviously, even for the team, it's a monumental fall off. So then this year we've just decided running backs don't matter. Okay, fine, I'm okay with that. However, it's where is our advantage in it? Let's back this up even longer. I, I want to go back to the history of it a little bit longer. I want to talk about what running backs used to do, right? When we were drafting them all, um, when, uh, you know, we were drafting that nine, 10 of them in the first 10 rounds, you know what I mean? Like that's that's where I want to talk about. Like so, for instance, let's just go back. To, we'll go back one year. How about one year, twenty twenty two? How many running backs do you think had two hundred fifty plus fantasy points? That's roughly fifteen points a game, by the way. Which, if a player, if those of you who aren't members of FantasyGuru.com, dot com, then you probably haven't heard me say this, or maybe you don't listen to whatever. The fifteen, if if your player non tight end can't get 15 points a game quarterback running back or receiver then you shouldn't be fucking with them at 15 points of a game per game is a stretch you shouldn't fuck with them it's not hard to do it's not that much production right it's not but that is what it is 250 fantasy points there were only six running backs that did it last year the year before there were seven 2020, there were seven. 2019, eight. 2018, eight. Then seven. Then eight. Then six. If we go back to 2010, there were nine. Woo. If we go back to 2005, there were eight. 2000, you know, 2006, there were, there was actually 10, which is the most we've seen in a while. Then back down to nine and then seven, then eight. So all those, that's fucking stable. When you do data analysis and fantasy football, that's pretty stable going back 17 years, roughly 17 seasons. It's between six on the low and 10 at the high. Really, it's only happened once. So six to nine running backs with 250 plus fantasy points, including the last five years where it's always between seven and eight. Last year, only six. How about if we lower our numbers a little bit? How about if we go to 200 fantasy points or more? All right. If 200 fantasy points or more per week on a regular, I'll do a 16 game schedule, right? Because that's what you know, running backs, that's one of the problems with running backs. They don't play every game anyway. 17 games now, but over the course of 17 seasons, most of which was 16 games. What's that, 13 points a game? Okay. 
that's that's garbage, quite frankly. But let's look at those numbers. 19 did it last year. 17 did it the year before. 2020, there were 13. 2019, 18. 2018, there were 16 running backs with 200 or more fantasy points. In 2010, going back a little ways, there were 17. Back in 2005, there were just 14. All right? So what – I mean – that's fantasy points. And you could say, well, the PPR, that is PPR scoring, by the way, just so we're clear. Let's look at rushing yards. Now, rushing yards, I think, points a little differently. Because those numbers are relatively consistent, especially for the guys we want to start, the 250 and ups. If you can't get two running backs every week starters to get 250 plus fantasy points, you're in a lot of trouble. Or if you can't squeeze out 250 per slot, don't worry about the player getting it. Worry about that. Your starters getting it because that's ultimately what matters. Thousand yard rushers last year, they're 15. 15,000 yard rushers, man. That's, uh, I think that's a little, I mean, that's a lot higher than what we've seen in years past, right? I mean, we've, you start seeing these guys, and I mean, Damien Pierce should have had it. Eckler didn't do it. But so some close calls there as well, because the previous year, 2021, there were only seven. 2020, there were 8,000-yard rushers. 2019, there were 15, however. Nine in 2018. And then it goes back. It's weird. It's 10 in 2017. It's 12 in 2016. And if we go back to 2010, which I like to do, because I feel like 2010 is like the start of this current era that we're in. 17 did it then. That's a lot. 2005, there were 15. Oh, I'm sorry. 2009, there were 15. 2008, there were 16. 2007, there were 17. 2006, so 2006 was a big year for running backs. That's that Tomlinson monster year. There were 22. But 2005, there were 15. So I think it's pretty clear there's less thousand-yard rushers now than there were back then because there are more, there are less bell cow running backs, but that hasn't really impacted the fantasy game. All right. So what do we know from this data? What is it all telling us? Well, it's telling us that the, the original, the ADP data is telling us the market has flipped. The market is not interested in running backs any longer. They're interested in wide receivers. The premium is being put on wide receivers. Okay. All right. And in our minds, when we don't think at all, that makes sense. It's a wide receiver game. Wide receivers are getting paid. Running backs are not. Okay. We we could see the links between that. But remember the fantasy football is a game and fantasy football is a game that we play against one another within the confines of our leagues and the contests that we're playing. So what I'm pointing to here is an advantage. There's an advantage here. And at this point, I'm just going to ask you, um, do you see it? Do you see the advantage yet? Has it opened up yet? Last year, I told you the quarterback market was wrong. Because what happens is in fantasy football, we all do the same thing. 
we see the premium being put on certain positions and position groups and players for that matter. And thus, like I, we've never, there are violent swings in where players are drafted from the middle rounds to the late rounds. And again, I, I said this on last episode, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has that wild, you know, he's drafted as early as the third round, as late as the 11th round, you know, all that, those big swings that happens a lot. I've done, I've played fantasy football for this, my 33rd season. I've never seen the number one consensus player in July ever be usurped. I've never seen it change. Not one time. It's been close a couple of times. The reason why, because once it's established, it becomes fact and everybody runs with it. And this year it's the premium on wide receivers. Again, last season I said, force those wide receivers in, get those running backs out. We're not getting the same return on running back. But when we look at the returns, the results, if you will, what do we get? I mentioned normally over the previous seven years, there have been 14 running backs taken in the top 25. That's been a normal thing. Well, how many running backs over the last eight years, since 2015 at least, how many running backs have given us top 25 numbers? On average, here are the numbers, six, four, three, seven, five, seven, six, one. That's 4.71. Let's round it up. Let's say five. We've been paid off on five of the 14. That's a fucking terrible ratio, right? It's a fucking terrible ratio. Meanwhile, what's happened in the previous eight years or since 2015, wide receivers have had an average of nine taken in the top 25. And that's ramped up. It used to be seven. It's gone way up, and it's barely. It's 8.86. Let's call it nine. Do you know how many wide receivers have returned top 25 value over the last eight years? 7.14. So seven out of nine compared to four or five out of 14. It's a lot better hit ratio on the wide receivers. And eventually, why we didn't catch on to this years ago, I'll never know. And I was telling you this. Go back and listen to last year's podcast at this time. This is exactly the shit I was telling you. We should have been hip to this a long time ago, just as the NFL should have been hip to the fact that systems create running back production and not just those human beings a long time ago. But just like people tend to do, now they're overreacting. And that's where our advantage is. Our advantage, I don't know how many of you play poker. Probably not a lot. I love poker. One of the things I love about poker is it's not a game about the cards, but most people play as if it is. They think it's about cards, not about cards. Cards are just the game. By the way, that's chess. How about chess? I like chess. I'm not very good at it but I appreciate chess a lot. I haven't played a lot. I'm okay for having played probably 20 games of chess in my, I probably play more than that. You, my buddy Sean used to do it all the time. Ah. All right. I played probably a hundred games of chess in my life, but I like it because you're not, 
The board is the board. The moves are the moves. You're playing your opponent. Fantasy football and fantasy sports are so fucking close to that. It's crazy. You're playing the opponent. And that intimidates some people. It gives me a fucking rock hard cock. I'll tell you that much. I love playing opponents. That's the best fucking thing. I don't give a fuck about these players. My favorite team, my favorite player. Fuck them all. I don't give a shit. Not in the game. I care about them. Hope everybody's happy and healthy. As human beings, I don't give a fuck. I want to win. Right? That's what I care about. That's what you should care about. So when we see our opponents doing something extreme, we need to identify it, need to think through it, analyze it, if you will, and decide what to do with that information. Do we lean in and say, yeah, that's the right thing. Let's do it. Let's copy that behavior, which is what 95% of the marketplace does. And I'm not saying sometimes you don't copy it. Sometimes it's just the right thing and the right thing. You you take one obvious play or whatever and you move on. Absolutely. But if there's an opportunity where you could counterbalance it, where you can get an advantage over that 95% of people, you fucking do it, man. You do it. And that's what I see right here. This narrative about running backs, partial narrative. They don't get paid. They're all pissed. Nobody pays. Nobody respects running backs. Yada, yada, yada. Number one, my message to all the running backs out there, just keep doing your job. Just keep going out there. Right? Keep fucking going. Christian McCaffrey got $20 million of signing bonuses. In 2020 and 2021, he played a total of 10 games. You want to cry for me, Argentina? Fuck no. It's a lot of these salaries. A lot of the things they don't want you to see is all that signing bonus money that they've got. Oh, I'm only making $4 million this year. Okay. You know, that's low for an NFL player, no doubt, especially a starter and somebody who has a big impact. But you got $18 million signing bonus two years ago. Uh, okay. Spread that out. That's nine extra million plus the four. That's 13 million. I, I don't worry about you. You got your money. You're not poor, right? You're not poor. Love for everybody to make all their money. But in order for me to care about the money you're making, I want to see how you're spending that money too. If you're going to tell me, oh yeah, well, I need to make the $100 million now because my career is over at age 30 and I have to live from age 30 to 80 fit the next 50 years, feed my family and my kids and my grandkids all in the money I made during my career. Okay. I get that. But when you're done playing, does that mean you should still be driving Bentleys and wearing gold chains? And no, no, the trade-off is you have to do what we do. You're not a star anymore. You were a star when you played. When you're done playing, the money you have, that whatever, you made $50 million in your career. Let's say you made $20 million as a running back. You have to propel that. Okay. Well, I know if you put that in an IRA, you put that in in any kind of investment account that you can make half a million to a million dollars a year off that for the next 30 plus years. 
No problemo. Oh, half a million. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm supposed to live like a fucking human being, like a 1% human being. How many of you make half a million dollars a year? Right? Yeah, pretty fucking good. It's just not reasonable. It's just not fucking reasonable. So, I mean, those are the things that running backs need to understand. Keep doing your job. By the way, after age 28, after age 30, you can go out and get these deals that Latavius Murray, even fucking Shady McCoy did it, Melvin Gordon did it, where you get $2 million, $3 million, $4 million a year, somewhere in that range. Play another four years. There's there's an extra $8 million. An extra six, eight, nine million dollars. Play a little longer. Take a backup role. But the your ego doesn't let you do it. See, that's the trade-off here. I'm all about you should make more money while you're performing. And that's why, quite frankly, if I'm in charge of the NFL or any professional sport, I, I am I tell you what I do. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl's worth $250 million dispersed amongst the team. How about that? You want you want players to go all out? You want players to fucking do their job to the best that they fucking can? Give the winning, give you know, the starters X amount, the reserves in the game, Y amount. But everybody from the fucking ball, everybody makes crazy amount. You want to see a team be efficient and effective? That's how you do it. Losing team, $100 million. Right? Playoff teams, $50 million for the loser of the fucking championship, the conference championship, and, and all the way down. Every game have a bounty. Make your contract based on how you perform. Best players in those games get the most money in those games from the that those kitties. That's how you pay people. Pay for what you produce, what you do. Our world cannot function on paying people based on perceived strengths or perceived talent. There's no data to support it. It's just conjure, conjecture, I should say. That's all. It's all bullshit. It's all, I think this guy's great. Why? I don't know. If somebody thinks somebody's great, they're going to overpay. Should pay and get paid for performing, for, for doing the job. That's why as a business, I, I never will understand how so many businesses, I ran an IT business you know, from 2001 to 2000, or 2000 to 2003, Sold it, worked there for two years till I started in the fantasy community. I always had profit sharing, always. Ever, anybody who ever helped me, my fucking vendors, people didn't even work for me that just performed a task or a job got bonuses from me. I, I think that makes the whole organization perform better. Here at Fantasy Guru, the more sales we have, the more, the better our people do the more money our people make. Some of our staff's probably like, bullshit, fuckers, Jeff, man, you're fucking like, well, sales have been down the last couple of years since the pandemic. Let's be honest. Just the fact, just the way it is, my salary's down. Totally understand it, right? It's the way it goes. 
But that's how it should be, and that's what I would do. But getting back to so running backs, you go out there and perform at a high level, you're going to get paid. That's not a fucking – there's no doubt about that. No question. Stop bitching about it. Start doing it. In fantasy, it comes back down to, well, where's our advantages? And what I will say is right now, as far as running backs are concerned, the only ones going the first round are McCaffrey, Eckler, and Robinson. Bijan. I don't agree with Austin Eckler in the first round. It's a bad idea. I think Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb belong in the first round. Because again, that you got to wonder why we just flip it. Why are the numbers, why is it extreme like that? We went from one year still grasping at the straw that running backs had to be taken in the first round. Some of you still believe that because that's the way you were brought up playing, which don't even get me into that shit. I just said a trigger word for me, the way you were brought up. Don't worry about how you're brought up. You weren't brought up right. None of us were raised right. Our parents did the best that they could with the times they were given. If you're still a person that like clings to your mother, father, grandpa, grandma's, like everything that they thought was right, you're you're honorable. You're a good person. Your family are good. We're good people. Great people, probably. But they were they they weren't alive in our time. It's like our forefather. Everyone was the Constitution says, and uh, George Washington did, and Thomas Jefferson did. Who gives a fuck? The seventeen hundreds. We're smarter than that. We know what the fuck. What would what would fucking Benjamin Franklin do with an iPhone? He would die of diarrhea upon just seeing a device like an iPhone. He fuck himself on a two year old's tablet. He'd melt. They wouldn't know what to do. So, yeah, don't don't adhere to those times. They did the best they could. Just like we used to draft running backs because that was the best thing for that time. We live in a different era. We live in a different age. Running backs NFL have to learn that. Fantasy has to learn that. I think it should be much more even. I hate drafting based on position. Don't say, I have to draft a running back. I have to draft a receiver. I have to have to. Have to. No, you don't. Quite frankly, if you are in a spot, you have the seventh pick, let's say, eighth, ninth, somewhere in that like middle zone where you don't have an obvious one like McCaffrey, Bijan, Jefferson, Chase, you should be targeting a fucking Kelsey. Or you should be fucking just saying, fuck it, I'll draft Patrick Mahomes. At least you won't cock it up. The very minimum, you will not screw that up. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Don't fuck, at least you won't fuck it up. At least you're going to draft a 400 point, 380 plus fantasy point player, as opposed to whiffing on a running back that you think like Pollard, who's unproven, or Henry that has a lot of obstacles, or Stevenson, which we're, we like, but we're not sure. You're going to force them into your first round, and they could easily be a 230 point guy or a you know wide receiver in that same range where you start talking about your, uh, um, Garrett Wilson, oh boy, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, those types. And you're like, what are you going to get out of them? 225 points? You might as well just get a quarterback or the best at a position and live to fight another day. Those are better picks. 
with the truth, like everything is always in the middle. Black and white, isn't it? Gray is gray lives forever. The gray area always wins. That's where all the money's made. Take the best player. Right? Everybody else in their, your league is looking to squeeze a wide receiver. They're going to draft a an obvious second, third round. See, that's what that's the whole thing with Garrett Wilson. Like we're just forcing it aggressively, and it just doesn't make sense. We're forcing these guys into it because we desperately want receivers. So we're moving them all up. But the fact of the matter is six, seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, eight. 250 plus fantasy running backs just have been consistent as balls. And they have been for a very long time. So while everybody else is down on the running backs, I suggest taking a shot. I suggest standing firm. I suggest drafting according to what's most like what the most likely outcome is. Draft eight running backs in the first two rounds, first 24, 25 picks. That's fine. I think it probably should be 10, though. Five in the first, five in the second. It's where I'm at. It's about what I, that's what I think it should be. Right? You see my rankings over at fantasyguru.com. Nick Chubb's never going to let you down. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Jonathan Taylor's not going to let you down either. If they get injured. Well, if anybody gets injured, yes. If your, your aunt had a dick, she'd be your uncle. Ifs and buts. But Bijan, McCaffrey, Taylor, Chubb, those are first-round picks. Jacobs, Barkley, Najee, Pollard, Eckler, Henry. Those second-round picks. Okay. That's, that's a nice, even mix. Wide receivers, Chase, Jefferson, Cup, Tyreek, Adams. Those are first-round picks. Throw Diggs in there if you want. Kelsey, of course, being the one in the 12th team. You know, Kelsey, I move Kelsey up to the third. Chase, Jefferson, Kelsey is one, two, three for me right now. Mostly because I, everyone's discounting running backs. And that drives the value of them down. We're getting amazing values in those later rounds. So I think getting into this, diving a little further into it with the running back is don't be afraid to swipe one of those premium running backs that are going to get us 300-plus overall touches, right? Don't be afraid of them. The bell cows, the catch passes, the goal line backs, the guys who do everything, and that's the group. Bijan McCaffrey, Taylor Chubb, Jacobs, Barkley, Najee, Pollard, and Zeke signs. Pollard will drop like a like a anchor if Zeke comes back to Dallas. Eckler. Hmm. Eckler in a second is fine. But just expect a lot less receptions. Then Derrick Henry after that. I think Derrick Henry is sort of a quietly a guy who improved my projection on him went up with the Hopkins signing surprising. I didn't really anticipate that, but it went up. He's back into my top 10 running backs. I don't love it, 
I think there's a lot of risk because he's old and big and has a lot of touches. But I think the offense as a whole is just better. So those guys are bell cows. You don't have to worry about any of them. Right? Stevenson, slight worry. Mixon, slight worry. Brees Hall, the injury. Miles Sanders, going way later than he should be. Right? Like, those are the next wave of guys. After that, everybody is splitting. Every They're all over the place. You have to choose. You want your goal line guy. You want your pass catching guy. You What 50% do you want of which offense, which system you like the best? That's the choices to be made. So don't misconstrue my words. Take a bell cow running back if it presents itself. You don't force them in. Don't draft any position just because you need to cover that position. Not in the beginning of the draft. Don't do that in the, in the first or second round. But take advantage. If you're at the end of the first round and everyone's, they're just plucking off receivers and you're going to get 10 receivers or, you know, you have a choice. If you have picked 10 and you could choose wide receiver seven or running back three, you take running back three. That's the right thing to do. Right now on the way back, maybe they take running backs and you come back and you get, then you still get the same quality receiver or one down the worst case. Or if they're going to continue the trend after you get another running back. And then all of a sudden you have two top six running backs. That's the way you build a team. That's the way you build a championship team. Oh, great. That's the way you build a quality foundation. I'll say it's a lot more work to do in the middle rounds, which by the way, that's our other way that we take advantage. Zero running back isn't a real thing. It's a fake thing that people made up, but it works this, this year. Zero modified zero, whatever fuck you want to call it makes a lot of it. Makes a ton of sense. If you go receiver, receiver, or tight end receiver or something early, there are a ton of running backs. I mentioned Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, Connor, Montgomery, Javante Williams, Dalvin Cook if he goes to Miami. Like these are real DeAndre Swift and Philly. It's a really good, strong lead running backs for their teams. Every single name I just mentioned is sixth round or later. Bananas. Just fucking bananas to me. Right? That's an advantage we have. Scoop up multiples if you need to. And take what the draft gives you. So that's that's how I handle running backs. That's why running backs matter. And if you're an NFL team, here, here's what – so I just explained how I would do it in fantasy. Let me explain how I would go about this. And like, if you're a coach of a team, any sport, anything, right? Let's say you take – those of us play dynasty fantasy football, no, you take over a team. You have something. I don't know. You have draft capital. You have tradable assets. You have – players coming back from injury, or maybe you have a good running backs, or maybe you have at least a quarterback or a tight end. Something on the team is your strength. You build from that strength. If I'm an NFL team, I would, in a heartbeat, 
for one, I'd go hire Greg Roman or any great offensive coordinator built who builds the running game. Fuck it. I'd bring Todd Haley back. Any of these guys, I would build a strong running game. And I'd, I'd fucking, if, if no, none of my competitors, this was why competition in sports was so freaking great. Cause you don't have to do everything. It's not fucking junior high school. Right. That's what I'm saying about our fantasy league. Stop trying to fit in with everybody, man. But here's what I would do. I would go out. Nobody want none of my other, none of these other teams want to run the ball. They don't want to use running backs. They don't want to pay running backs. Okay. That's, okay, bitch. That's cool. Teams are paying $20 million. Chris McCaffrey make it $12 million. All right. That's uh okay, I suppose. I would go out. I mean, fucking draft a power running back like Bijan, who fell all the way to eighth. Normally, remember, Barkley was the second overall pick. Bijan was the best prospect in this draft, went eighth. If Najee Harris was, what, 22nd? He's making 1.8 only. Draft a guy like that. But uh, it's all right. You know, I'd build a real good team. I'd build a strong running game. I'd go out. I'd have signed. I'll have a Damian Pierce or a fucking, if I get a Bijan or somebody like that, or Najee Harris, great in the draft. Then I would bring in a Miles Sanders for $6 million. I'd go out and get a, like a, Fucking maybe a Jarek McKinnon or somebody younger, not ideally McKinnon. Right? Right now, you can go get Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, and fucking Leonard Fournette. Pay them each like a couple million bucks. Have a total, you have three running backs deep for $8 million. Build your offensive line, bring in a great run game coordinator, and bludgeon the fuck out of everybody with the run game. Oh, you can't win like that, Jeff. Bullshit. Do you know why I can win like that? Do you know why that would be effective? Because as I did the work over at fantasyguru.com, every coaching breakdown listed for you. You know how many teams are playing three, four setups? A lot. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, 20. 20 of the 32 teams are 3-4. Was that bad, right? Well, eight of the 20 are playing, or, or uh, I'm sorry, of eight of the 12, I'm sorry, six of the 12, uh, four, three setups in the front are playing wide nine, meaning they're playing outside the tackle. That's what they do. The other thing is majority of teams are playing Nickel-based defenses. Well, they used to call it nickel. Now they just call it defense. What I mean by that is they have five or more defensive backs or these hybrid linebackers. Think Isaiah Simmons, these kind of hybrid backs on the field. Why? Because they use them as pass rushers or they try to use them in coverage. Even the edge rushers. These guys are 230 pounds, 240 pounds. Right, like what makes Aaron Donald and Max Crosby and you know these guys so amazingly dominant is they're long, but they're strong as balls and they're big and you know they're not that light. You can't move them around. Run blocking offensive linemen, 
are way less expensive than pass blocking offensive linemen. So I would save on the running back. I would save on the offensive line. I wouldn't need to pay a quarterback top dollar, right? My quarterback go out and get, what the fuck do I get? Ah, what was Derek, Derek Carr? Somebody like that, Derek Carr type, if you will. Fucking Andy Dalton even. Nah, I fucking hate. Not Andy Dalton. That bumps me out. Mitch Trubisky would be a good one. Not just a guy. Don't have to pay him shit. Couple million bucks. Pay the offensive line. Pay for free agents and defense. And run over everybody. Because what I'm saying about the undersized players on the defense is if everybody's 5'10 and 180, which is the typical size for a, a cornerback and safety, um, they're going to get bulldozed. They're going to get run over. Running backs, Chuck, think of Derrick Henry throwing Josh Norman. <laughs> They'll disintegrate those guys. The league won't know what to do with you. That's, I mean, the Eagles did that last year. That's another thing. Are we just ignoring that fact? Right? Is any? I mean, the Eagles are a team that everybody wants to be. You know where they? They're the third, third most rushing attempts, fifth most yards last year. They were 23rd in passing attempts. Yet they were third in points and third in total yards. Right? The Eagles are a blueprint. Great offensive line, versatile offensive line. Quarterback that could run. Multiple running backs that they used last year. Then they go and replenish it. Rashad Penny. Still got Gainwell. Go get DeAndre Swift. You know? That's that's the way to win football. And that would win. I'm telling you right now. That style would win. Would it win a Super Bowl? Is it enough to beat Mahomes or Burrow? I don't know about that. Yeah, it depends on what other pieces we got. Probably not because you'd have to score a lot more. But you keep the ball when you run the ball. And are effective running the ball, you keep the ball away from the other team's quarterback. You keep the best player that they're paying $50 million a year for, they're keeping them not on the field. If you're not on the field, as the running backs are finding out right now, you're not getting paid. You can't produce. You can't produce. You don't win. So that's the way I would handle it. And that's the way I'm attacking fantasy football this year. Right? So hope that makes sense to you. I hope I framed this well enough. Um, you know, I have a lot of the... Some other numbers when it comes to running backs don't make a ton of money or, uh, you know, what have you. The top 10 running backs last year made $90 million, an average of $9 million, obviously. Right? They averaged 922 rushing yards, 7.5 touchdowns, 216.34 fantasy points. 2021, top 10 running backs. Made a total of 88 million. Remember, the cap had gone down in 2021 and 2020 because of the pandemic. $8.8 million on average for the top 10. Okay. What did we get? 827 yards, 6.6 touchdowns, 196.34 or 0.16. fantasy points on average of the top 10 highest paid running backs. In 2021. Yeah, well, Henry didn't play. McCaffrey didn't play. Carson, Chris Carson was the highest paid. Didn't play. He's ninth highest paid. Didn't play hardly at all. I took the zeros out too, just to be fair. 
in 2020 is actually $142 million paid to the top 10, mostly because Christian McCaffrey made $22 fucking million. Zeke made 19, Dalvin Cook 16, Kamara 15, Henry 15, Mixon 14. That's the year they all got that money. $14 million on average. 219.78 fantasy points, 931 average rushing yards. Not terrible, but these are the top 10. In 2019, top 10 made $67 million, 6.7 on average. Now, again, they want to cry. Running backs want to cry about how much they make. And I, I shouldn't, I'm not trying to be mean to them by saying that either. I, I'm not trying to be mean to them. But at the same time, the top 10 running backs in 2020 are making, and or I'm sorry, in 2023, are every single one of them are making over $10 million a year. But the top 10 in 2019 was only making 6.7. So you've gone up. It hasn't gone in the same trajectory as running backs or even quarterbacks for that matter. But that's the way it goes. You know how long offense, nobody respected offensive tackles? Nobody still respects respects offensive guards or right now defensive tackles too. Everybody on a football field is important. Everybody. So yeah, 2019 and how many fantasy points for the top 10? That was when Le'Veon Bell got his 15 million for a hundred, a whopping 700 yards rushing 179.44 fantasy points. That's what the top 10 gave us on average in 2019, 2018. Again, 2018, look at this shit. The top 10 running backs made an average of $10.552 million. Todd Gurley at 21, Barkley at 21 because of the signing bonus. David Johnson, Jarek McKinnon didn't even fucking play. He's $12.5 million. Cry about that one. No. 180.65 fantasy points. 705 yards rushing on average. So it's it's real easy. Running backs in the NFL want to get paid, but they want to get paid for what they've already done. And once they get their money, they don't produce. It's fucking, it's black and it's white. It's It's just there. So few running backs get a big contract and then have an amazing season. Look at Josh. Josh Jacobs is furious because he thought that's what was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen. That's why we were in on Josh Jacobs last year. Now he's going to have to do it again. And by the way, if you do it again, you're making $10 million. That's one of the highest paid. Again, Pollard, Barkley, Jacobs. All three are franchise tagged. Okay. Mixon got like a franchise tag. He got a, a deal cut where he makes right around that. You're all making 10 plus million dollars a year. You're all in the top 10 uh, at your position. Okay. So let's not go bonkers. You're doing very well. You're making a lot. If you do it again, and that's the fear here. That's the game is that they know goddamn well they're not going to do it again. Or they want to sit out and rest. They don't want to play through soft tissue injuries. Maybe they shouldn't. That's fine. But it's astounding to me that we expect we we are okay with that, but we still have to pay them. Just should not be the way. If Jacobs does it again, he's going to get 10 million plus a year. 
and an extension. And he'll get it to age 30. Saquon, too. He'll get his money. He, You know, the year of 20-plus million dollars, probably done. Probably done. But again, be a great player. Make 10, make 8 to $12 million a year at running back. Maybe you squeeze out 15 with a signing bonus, something like that. Couple endorsements, Nike sponsors. Don't forget, they every running back gets clothing, shoes, all these sponsorships from free merchandise to actual big ass seven figure deals. Plus, and that's all from being on the field, right? So, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it drives me fucking crazy. In our industry and in fantasy sports, this is what people want. People want to be paid a lot of money. It's what happened in the Guru Elite days. Everybody thought there was such a big fucking deal, and nobody wanted to work. So what they wanted is they wanted the company to sell more subscriptions, and they wanted to use our service to create money to then pay for them, for them to then enter contests and win money. Bullshit. Win money with your money. You don't need more money to then go try to win more money. Right? That's bull. That's absolutely bullshit. But the money you make on the football field, doing your job, leads to other revenue streams. As soon as that's done, if you're going to walk out, if you're going to strike, then all those other things dry up as well. All those other opportunities cease as well. All right. I've harped on it a lot. Um, oh, man, I'm over an hour at this point. Uh, Joe Mixon, I'll talk about him real quick. I don't envision Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, I, I didn't move him up at all. Like, for me, he is still uh, number 12 on my board. I've got him ahead of Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, who I also like. I got him one step behind Stevenson and Henry. Oh, I actually, I think Mixon moved down when I moved Henry up. No, I had Henry over him. So, I mean, he was always going to be starting running back in Cincinnati. But that's a situation to watch. The mind game part, the, the game theory element of fantasy sports. When I'm looking at Joe Mixon, just took a pay cut, got in trouble with the law. He's kind of an angry fellow as it is. Joe Mixon has no further future commitments, right? No further commitments to um, the Cincinnati Bengals after 2023, right? So that's a situation where um, they have an out after this. They have 2024 contract, but he, he's got an out. And the dead cap's only $2 million, so it's not that big a deal. They could let him go, and they likely will. I think he knows that entering his age 28 season. He needs to have a big season. He needs to play inspired, right? He needs to play big football to get his to get any kind of deal from 28 to 30. Ideal in Cincinnati where that offense is fantastic. That's why I was willing to take the shot on Mixon this whole preseason. So that doesn't really move the needle. Hopefully y'all realize that um, when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins signing in Tennessee, like 
the deal for the Titans slight upgrade to like Ryan Tannehill, who makes for a little more attractive second running back at this point. Right. So I don't mind that. Um, but I think Hopkins will produce, you know, 130 targets, 75 ish receptions. I think it's right in his wheelhouse. Thousand plus yards, five plus touchdowns, leaning towards six plus touchdowns. I think all of that is very much doable for DeAndre Hopkins. So when you look at that and you go through, you say, all right, well, where does that leave him in the wide receiver rankings? Well, fuck a thousand yard receiver. You know, there's only 20 of them last year. How many of those caught five or more touchdowns? 16 of them did. You know, how many of those had 80 plus receptions or let's say 75 plus reception? You know, we start nickeling them down about 14. Not bad. It's not a bad little season. I've got DeAndre Hopkins moved him from, I think it was 25th on my board. Moved him up to 20th now. Right ahead of Drake London, ahead of Mike Evans, ahead of Jerry Judy. Still behind McLaurin. I like Terry. Scary Terry is a sneaky little player. Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley. But right in that wheelhouse. What does it do to Traylon Burks? Helps him with coverage. It's a good thing for Traylon Burks to learn from DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins has helped the other receivers everywhere he's gone. The other guys, think Christian Kirk, Greg Dortch, think Will Fuller. He he has helped the other guy, a lot of single coverage. But again, the problem with Burks and why I'm not, I didn't move him up dramatically, he moved from 50 to 46, is simply a volume play. There's not a lot of passing volume in Tennessee. It's going to run through Derrick Henry. Everything that runs off is going to Hopkins. We'll get a little bit of Chigakonkwo. So I don't still think there's a lot of meat on the bone. And that's a problem. That's why, what, wide receiver four? Eh, I think that's very fair for Traylon Burks at this stage. So there you go. That's what I think of the news this week. Let's hope we get some Dalvin Cook signing in Miami. Would love to see that. If not, I'm starting to get excited about Devon A-Chain in Miami. Somebody's got to lead the way. I can't envision it being either Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson. A-Chain's my guy as of now, but I want that news on Dalvin Cook. The, the good news about DeAndre Hopkins signing is now we know he's not going to Kansas City. Boom, Kadarius Tony season. Rasheed Rice stays up and moves up. He's not going to New England. We could fuck around, mess around with Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe Devontae Parker if you so choose. He's not going to and any other places that he was rumored to go to, which yeah, Buffalo was always uh, a thought, right? I mean, we the Jets were kicking the tires. The Jets are in on everybody, which they're not really in on everybody, but they just claim they are. So now we know and we can be stable with these other receivers, right? We have a lot of solidarity there. Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, these running backs are about to ruin our freaking lives pretty soon. 
right? I did a podcast on the dream destinations for all these players and I've got Hopkins wrong. Well, my dreams, my dreams are never right. They are just dreams for that specific reason. But we'll have to talk about it when they do sign because this is the kind of shit I'm waiting for Dalvin Cook to go to like Denver and just ruin my Javante Williams hard on. Like I'm just waiting for that shit to happen because I think it's a possibility. So we got to get some of these dominoes to fall. Zeke, Fournette, if he's coming back. Kareem Hunt, like Kareem Hunt's still kicking out there. Hunt's a very viable running back and a little bit younger than some of these other guys. So a little more dangerous in that spirit. All right. So where they go can really disrupt the rest of what we do. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Episode 165, One Man's Opinion. It's in the books. Running backs do matter. Now it's time for us to take advantage. I hope I made sense. I know I threw a lot of numbers at you guys. I don't like doing that. I don't like to shout out numbers and salaries and shit. I understand it gets monotonous. But we as a community, the elite mafia, those who listen to this show, elite sports, fantasy guru subscribers, we need to win. We need to do what we have to do to gain an advantage. And then when we have that advantage, we need to fucking close it out. Win championships, win money, win pride, win respect, whatever it is, win. I'm not playing. I said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not playing for 2023 to just have a good time. Good time Jeffrey don't exist right now. I want to fucking close. I want to win. I won a lot of leagues last year, a lot of money last year. I'm fucking hungry for it again. Like a like a bobcat in the wild. I got to taste some fava beans. Hello, Clarys. I want to fucking close it again. I hope you all are with me. And this is our advantage with the running back position specifically. Don't be afraid to go early on the ones that matter. Then attack the hell out of that mid-round running back range because that's our nut to winning this year. You may disagree with some or every single thing that you heard on today's show. Folks, you know that's all right by me. We could have these discussions. We could have disagreements. It's all well and good. Why? You know why. Because it's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Remember, fantasyguru.com. Early bird price is still in effect. Fantasy football training camp coming August 18th. Get there. Full day fantasy football and the Elite Mafia Fantasy Football Championship. Your entry into that contest goes along with your ticket to fantasy football training camp. If you have an elite seasonal or higher subscription, you're already in. Radio 20 for a 20% off discount for that. So it takes down the price for a little cost savings for everybody out there. If you've subscribed to our DFS package, our all-in package, our gaming pa- elite gaming package, or our elite seasonal package, your ticket is on the house. It's free and included with that subscription. We'll see you next time, everybody. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mance on Twitter, the Jeff Mance on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Running backs matter. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.